0: Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. This is a podcast about sports, which is something you can do for fun or to try and make money. An important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason that you get rich from sports betting. Yes, we're talking to you. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There are plenty of sleazeballs all over the internet. who would be glad to take your money to chase down that particular lie. Here on this podcast, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful a sports better if you're lucky bet at your own risk don't bet more than you can afford to lose and godspeed with that i'm silent rob financial. Planner. i live in phoenix arizona inexperienced sports better but an enthusiastic sports guy of sorts i'm joined by jay swa of jay jay why don't you give us a little intro and tell us what's going on here
1: thank you rob uh as you said, uh, I am a sports better by trade, but what pays the bills is I'm a teacher in the D.C. Uh, metro area. I've been on sports and played season-long fantasy for over a decade now and played uh, daily fantasy sports for the past few years. I actually spent the last year on a leave of absence, essentially betting on sports full-time, uh, actually half the year out in Vegas and the other half back here. But I have returned to the uh, DC metro area. Uh, we're excited to kind of bring this content uh, through a, a podcast medium to educate and to help uh, kind of paint a, a clearer picture of what sports betting actually is and kind of separate it from what I think the average person thinks it is. Um, maybe through, you know, movies or whatever it may be. Uh, and actually kind of paint a, a clearer picture of what it actually is and, and if it's for you or not because I, I think it can be a fantastic hobby um, It's got kind of that stigma that a lot of gambling uh, Activities have but just like anything else if enjoyed responsibly it, it can be uh, a lot of fun and very uh, Stimulating intellectually i uh, just kind of give you a format of what we're going to be doing Uh, In the preseason here, before football starts, we're going to uh, be having an NCAA preview podcast. It's going to go over the major conferences: ACC, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve. We're going to get that out to you next episode. Also, next episode, we're going to do a an overview of fantasy football season long, so the traditional um, drafting, the auction leagues. Kind of just give you maybe some sleepers, some undervalued, overvalued guys. Also, just basic strategy um things of that nature two episodes from now so in two weeks we'll aim to get you an nfl season long preview uh it's the most efficient market in american sports but it is the most popular to bet on uh but we'll kind of dive into that as well with that podcast in in two weeks we're going to talk about daily fantasy if you're lucky enough to live in a state where it is legal um, what it is, basic strategies, how's it, how it compares to that traditional season long. Uh, we talked about where you get you know 10 to 12 uh, people together and you have a league, how it differs, how it's similar, and uh, why you shouldn't be afraid of it. But once the year gets going in about three weeks, kind of the standard format's going to be we're going to review the biggest games and bets of the previous week. Then we're going to talk about a certain topic or sports be- in sports betting, or maybe that happened in the weekend over the weekend. Uh, if nothing major can- comes up, I'll talk about maybe a handicapping tool or process I use or someone that I know uses uh, to try to get an edge in sports betting. And then finally, we'll kind of wrap it up by previewing the biggest games of the upcoming week and give you some insights, some tips, maybe what to look into, and uh, maybe a pick or two as well. As far as our schedule, uh, we're going to aim to get this podcast out to you once a week through football and college basketball season, so that's uh, now until the end of March. Uh, then if we make it to uh, baseball season in April, we're going to aim for about uh, every two weeks until the end of the uh, NBA Finals, which should be late June. From late June to mid-August, we plan on taking it off before bringing it back, God willing, uh, next August for football season. We're going to look to record and post these by Thursday so you can enjoy the content before the weekend. There will be articles posted on jswasports.com. And as always, there will be plenty of information tweeted out at jswasports for real-time picks, insight, and interaction. Uh, As far as the purpose of this podcast, uh, there's many reasons uh, Rob and I both had, for me at least, uh, the main purpose is really just to provide insight into the exciting and rapidly growing world of betting on sports, uh, how sports bettors and serious fantasy sports players make predictions and optimal decisions, kind of removing that gray area like we talked about and kind of giving people insight of what the people that have been doing this for a long time are doing. So even if you're brand new, you can kind of be introduced to these bigger concepts that can uh, that often aren't introduced or, or seen Uh, In the public media Uh, Another thing is is I'd like to reciprocate by passing on what I've learned Just in a more efficient manner. So a lot of how I've learned is not from people. I've actually met but from people from Twitter or from uh, podcast Uh, Like I said, it hasn't all been good apples There's been there's been a lot of bad content out there and I've had to weed out So I'm kind of trying to package together all my experience and everything I've learned and kind of give it to you in a a more efficient manner. Um, Another reason is uh, I I get hit up by a lot of people who are in Vegas, let's say for the weekend, or they have a fancy football question and they'll text me or message me and I'm happy to help them. But uh, just by the way they ask me a question or something, I, I can tell that what they think sports betting is is way different than what it actually is. For example, they'll ask me, you know, what's the lock of the week? Um, things of that nature, and I, I'll kindly respond that um, there are no such things as locks of the week. Um, you know, my best bet is only maybe three to five percent better than flipping a coin, um, but that kind of gets lost on on people. And, and, and no fault of their own, I just think that's how the industry is portrayed. And this is kind of a small, small effort in terms of trying to uh, turn that, that tide and, and maybe just make things a little more transparent and, and more realistic.
0: And finally, just, one of those was- the lock of the week, dude. We just want the lock. <laughs> Pass it on.
1: That's it. That's it. You know, I, from my uh, my mansions, I'll I will give you my, my locks of the week. Um, <clears throat> and finally, as Rob can attest, we see so many similarities in the financial world to sports betting. And given our interests and backgrounds, we feel we could create something that would not only provide value but also entertainment to people interested in sports. Uh, there's a lot of poor content out there and it misleads people and rightfully gives sports betting kind of a bad name. Uh, but like I mentioned previously, there are a few good apples out there and uh, at some point you kind of like have to stop being pessimistic and say, okay, well, what can I do uh, instead of just bitching and moaning about all the bad content out there. So um, at the, at the, it's most basic level, we have good intentions uh, if not just to make you laugh, hopefully make you think about sports betting and just really, um, the same principles that maybe Rob has or talks about with his his clients. Uh, they're really similar to how I view and other sports bettors view preparing for a game, whether that's risk management, whether that's understanding living in a world of probabilities and being prepared for worst case scenarios best case scenarios and uh, controlling what you can control and uh, you know understanding what you cannot. Uh, But other than that, we kind of just want to give you a little bit of an intro, uh, get you kind of prepared what we're going to be producing. And finally, I'm going to tell a little bit of a backstory how I got into sports betting. Uh, Rob, is there anything that I missed or that jumped out at you that I should talk about or you should bring up before I tell my story?
0: Good to go. Rock and roll. Set the jet. All right. So uh,
1: I wasn't going to say long story short, but say long story medium. Uh, I was introduced to gambling at a very early age. My my dad retired from the fire department when he, uh, when I was two. So I, I never went to daycare, kind of just grew up always watching sports or history, kind of pretty much every day, uh, sports and history. On, on those few days when we would go out and, uh, you know, outside the household, we would uh, often go to a local drugstore where they had a, a video Uh, lottery game called keno if you've never heard of keno seen keno you've probably lived a privileged life uh it's unfortunately like most lotteries it's a regressive tax meaning essentially not the uh, most well-off people play it because uh, they don't understand that the probabilities are not in their favor over the long term you, you will lose at it just guaranteed it's essentially like flipping a coin and um Knowing that it's only going to be heads fifty percent of the time, but only getting paid out forty percent of the time when it comes out heads, uh, for lack of a better term. Anyways, the type of characters I would meet at this drugstore were, were quite interesting, and um, most of them good people I, at their core, uh, but but they were kind of your stereotypical degenerate gamblers, um, you know, without family, things of that nature. Um, And a lot of them, maybe they were just there for the camaraderie or the thrill of it, but at least what they portrayed, how they acted. They, they, um, you know, thought they could beat this game or, or, you know, they would say things like, uh, you know, play 20, it's come out three straight times, or play the evens, they're due, which are pretty much just verbatim um, terms or quotes from the gambler's fallacy. Uh, And like I said, most of the people were were nice, but um, they just – They either were lying to themselves or or they were just completely, you know, in the wrong place. Anyways, uh, I did meet some good people there, but I kind of knew at a very early age that uh, I didn't want to be like them. Uh, That being said, I don't want to be on my high horse. When I did win, my my dad would give me some tickets sometimes and when my my numbers would hit, uh, I I would get that euphoric feeling, uh, a, a dangerously euphoric feeling of winning money. Uh, and this kind of led to a combination of being exposed to that money one concept, that feeling that that keeps you coming back for more. Um, but also, I wasn't didn't really have that stigma towards gambling. For me, it was something we've done you know every day. I mean, since like I said, I was two years old, we'd we go in there. So it was just another um, avenue, just like anything else was. Uh, ironically, when I was 12, Chris Moneymaker won the World Series of Poker, uh, and that was all over ESPN because the they did the November 9 for a while, but for the longest time, the World Series of Poker uh, main event would be in July. And there's nothing but baseball on in July. So ESPN, I guess that year, just kind of turned Chris Moneymaker into this story, um, kind of Cinderella story, because he was this average accountant who he had to win a tournament just to qualify for the tournament to win. So uh, it's a $10,000 tournament buy-in to get into it. He won it. Uh, he won a tournament to get into the tournament, if you will. And he netted over $2 million. Uh, um, essentially, with this ESPN promotions and whatnot, um, it, be, it, it led to a thing called the moneymaker effect, which kind of had this huge spike in po- uh, in poker, especially online poker, which uh, really resonated with the younger generations. My friends and I, we were kind of the poster children for the moneymaker effect. Uh, we, we played poker every weekend. Uh, at one of each other's houses we'd play during the week online uh we also played fantasy sports football basketball um baseball i remember one time distinctly shout out to to my boy dj um he picked lamarcus aldridge right in front of me at uh, our buddy jared's house it was a live draft he put he picked lamarcus aldridge right in front of me i was going to take him and I, I tackled him after he did that i was i was so upset um but, uh, yeah, we, so we would do things like that. Um, we, we always did March Madness. Uh, we would bet on, uh, on games at lunch with one, one another, so we'd have to do, like, reverse psychology. Uh, you know, if you wanted to bet on a certain team, you have to, like, talk down to them to try to get interest on the other, uh, other uh, team or whatnot. Uh, so that was pretty much all of high school and whatnot. I was the youngest in, in kind of my friend group, so on, on my 18th birthday, uh, we drove six hours due north, in late December to uh good old Syracuse, New York, or just outside uh, to go to a Native American hotel that had a poker room uh we had an absolute blast. We just kind of played poker all weekend um, used our comps met other degenerates uh but it was there that I actually met individuals that had lots and lots of money on some college football bowl games and I was having a blast playing poker, don't get me wrong, but uh I really enjoyed watching these games with these guys who had tons and tons of money on it and they actually let me put a couple hundred dollars on some games i would give them some poker chips and they would they would put it on via their online sports book anyways leaving that trip i uh i had a blast my buddies had a blast mainly with the poker but i really had a blast with the, the sports betting and we had such a good time that I had a buddy who i just saw last month uh he called the hotel when we got back and asked if he had yearly rates i mean he I actually considered moving there, which was quite funny. Uh, But the biggest thing was it opened my eyes to the world of sports betting. Uh, I started to bet on sports, but then I I went off to college, and it was kind of just that pipe dream in the back of my head. Uh, I pretty much would bet parlays on the side, uh, but I was kind of very, very busy just being a drunk idiot in college, doing that whole thing. It was very enjoyable. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of it was just a pipe dream and say, you know that that was the dream job, but never really thought it was a real possibility. Uh, but after college, once I realized, okay, you really do have to have a profession and whatnot uh, i I really was into march madness and in, in college basketball, and I started betting pretty seriously and i then had a buddy who called me from that poker trip who said he had a work trip in vegas during the first week of march madness we went we had a blast uh but we actually met two individuals who had lived in vegas for a long time and had been sports for a long time and they kind of took us under their their wing for the the weekend and from thursday to sunday we did not leave the sports book and we'd see them every day and we'd pick their brain and they'd teach us things and um, I mean, honestly, some of the biggest things they taught us was just introducing us to gambling Twitter and all the people that I've met or and learned from via gambling Twitter and, and giving us basic rules uh, of like, you know, parlay is a sucker's bet and things of that nature. Uh, long story short, by Sunday night, I was on a heater and I was having the time of my life. I remember telling one of the guys, Phil, that I wanted to be a sports better and, and he kind of like, he, he, he distinctly told me, have a family instead. And uh, I laughed but he didn't and it kind of stuck with me kind of talking about those guys from that drugstore those degenerates and um, Understanding that that's such a fine line between, you know Doing this professionally or seriously and you know having the gambler's fallacy and, and being a degenerate uh, So I decided okay, I needed a profession There's only a limited amount of professions in vegas that allowed you to have like a nine to five lifestyle because that's what you need. Because obviously the games are in the afternoon. So, kind of did a pro cons list, and it whittled me, me down to becoming a teacher. Um, luckily, I actually really like the profession. Uh, but no weekends, summers off. No working on the weekends, summers off. And there's also a teacher shortage in Vegas. Um, so, I went back home, went through grad school, betting on sports on the side, learning things from podcasts, websites all with the intention to move back out to Vegas when I was ready to, to bet full-time. Uh, I taught for three years back in the D.C. area. Uh, right as I was about to leave and move to Vegas, the Supreme Court removed a federal ban allowing states to determine if they wanted to offer sports betting. Hashtag states' rights. And this kind of was a complete game-changer. Uh, I put in for a leave of absence for my job, so I didn't quit my job, but I put in a leave of absence. And I still decided to move out to Vegas, but kind of just treat it as a proof of concept year. Or maybe if I had met people networking or, you know, absolutely loved it out there or whatever it may be. And also kind of just monitoring uh, the growth of the industry as I was just betting on sports full time. Fast forward, you know, almost a full year. And in June 2019, just actually when I moved back to D.C., New Jersey passed Nevada for monthly handle and revenue. So New Jersey kind of just became the new epicenter for sports betting in the United States. And many experts expect over half the states in the country to have sports betting legalized by the end of 2020. Um, like I said, I, I've pretty much been taking this seriously for, for over half a decade. And uh, meeting people via online or in person and the things I've learned... Uh, but it's become pretty clear that Vegas is no longer the epicenter and there's really no advantage to being in Vegas. So that's one of the reasons I moved back home. Uh, but the other thing that we talked about at the beginning is how many kind of false experts there are out there and whatnot. And one of the reasons we want to, uh, create this podcast and my website to try to provide content that, that helps you at least see things the way sports bettors and serious fantasy players do. And not have unrealistic expectations, things of that nature. Uh, and that's one of the reasons we're producing this and, and, and trying to really teach you and show you the way that sports betting should be, which is a fun hobby that maybe you can make a little money on the side. And you do this long enough and you like it enough and you have a passion, maybe you could turn it into something. But that's so many ifs and buts that, um, you know, we just really, for the entertainment value and looking at it. Uh, through a betting lens, very similar to we, we look at it maybe as investing terms and things of that nature. Uh, but th- that's our goal moving forward and kind of just taking all I've learned in this process and this journey and, and trying to maybe bring it to a, a more traditional uh, marketplace. Uh, but as far as that, that's kind of my backstory. Uh, Rob, is there anything that jumped out to you from from that or interested in you or something I missed, do you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious now that you've said this out loud and you're educating the betting world and this is going to get out in front of a few people. And in theory, at least you're going to make a few better, uh, like lower the pool of bad betters by, uh, in aggregate reducing bad bets, which sort of sounds like the, the outcome here. Aren't you just taking money out of your own pocket by, uh, reducing suckers to take the other side of, Bad bets. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'm just that kind of guy. No, I, uh, I I'm, I think, uh, you know, high tide raises all uh, all boats there. I, I really want this to be a mainstream thing. Uh, I want sports betting to be socially acceptable and, and uh, you know, people know what they're doing. That being said, uh, it is a marketplace. So you're right, the more knowledgeable the marketplace is, uh, the, the harder it is to beat. But I I am confident that if, if somebody is, um, starting from scratch and this this podcast is their, their, uh, main avenue of improving as a better, they are, they're pretty far behind me and, uh, we're going to try to get you up to speed, but there's going to be a lot of, a lot of speed bumps on the way. And, um, yeah, so I, I do, I do like that point and that actually is true, but, um, I really, I think this is one of the, one of those things where the the market in a perfect world could become so big that it's almost like another sector of, of wall street. And, um, as you know, the day traders in, in wall street, they deal with extremely, extremely small margins that last for, for seconds, sometimes only seconds. And while we're not at that extreme, we're not too, too far off, uh, especially as things get more automated and, and um, You know, with uh, programming and things of that nature, but I'm still confident in uh, human psychology uh, that that there were, there always will be inefficiencies in the marketplace. There's not going to be a lot. There's not a not. There's not a lot right now. And and one of the biggest things I've learned, especially doing this full time for a year, was um, sometimes the best bets are are the ones you don't make. You know, sometimes you go two or three days. There's no edge, and uh, that's a that's a skill that. If someone can learn that in a short period of time, um, then they're going to be just fine. But that, that's something that takes a, a very long time. But I think that's a that's a very good question. That's a good, good question. Any, anything else jumps out to you?
0: No, man. I think that's a really good intro. I think people know what we're about, what we're trying to get done here. And uh, excited to see what comes from it.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm excited. And we should have... Uh, next episode out to you next week uh, Looking over the uh, College football season uh, As well as a little bit of your uh, Fantasy football previews As most people's drafts should be that Labor Day weekend Or uh, the week after So maybe to help you Get a few extra picks and um, Win your fantasy league But yeah uh,
0: you gotta help me with That's my a... draft on Sunday, dude. I didn't tell you. I actually signed up for for fantasy. You, this you're doing fantasy.
1: Wow. Lighting,
0: I'm lighting fifty dollars on fire in the fantasy league.
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe I can post that on uh, on on my website or something. I'll do a little a little uh,
0: consulting for you there. Let's do it. All right,
1: man. I'll see you and everybody else next week. Peace.